0: Welcome to another episode of the Feminine F- This is Elle. Hey, B. Hashtag feminism. African queen. African queen. Three black black women. where's the lie we've been doing this for a while we're professionals i mean but still i'm still hearing ums and everything no i'm I'm not gonna lie i'm guilty of it i do it (laughs) all the time even even, even when i'm speaking for work it's just like kind of i'm reaching for a thought and what I'm thinking is going faster than what's coming out of my mouth, so I'm working on it. I just what your friend said y'all was professionals. I just would to make the correction. We so, are right. professionals. The ner- you, so we not friends no more? Is that what you're saying? We, we friends. I'm just trying to direct who said the other comment. In any event, hello world. Welcome to another episode of the Film Noir Files. Did y'all miss me last time? Y'all, actually, y'all clearly did not miss me. So let me, say, let me say this. First of all, fuck both of you. Second of all, like I told KB, I said, y'all really don't need me no more. Y'all oh, don't understand. do it. Do not do it, ma'am. Please do not act sure. like. She wants attention. Do not right. feed into it, okay? When I mean, y'all did, did an out- excellent job. You did an excellent job. Like, I, you know, I can't even be mad. You all did great. Get the damn show started. Oh, the show did start did y'all miss me oh eh, we That's just responded eh. i'm like, gonna do like i'm gonna do like little K- look look i'm gonna do like little kb say Meh. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit kb well i talk to you all the time so i don't miss you because i talk to you all the time i guess so but for our listeners i was supposed to be here i was supposed to be a little tardy But I had a medical emergency that I needed to handle. what you said, Your hot girl season is over? Hot girl season is officially over. (laughs) That was short-lived. It was short-lived. It It was very short-lived. I didn't even make it a full year. I can laugh about it now because I'm no longer in pain, but also let this be a lesson to the wise. So for our regular listeners, you all know that I got my nipple pierced last summer. And apparently, also, what I probably should have taken heed to is that women who are over a certain cup size, it takes a while for a nipple piercing to heal. So I noticed maybe a week or so ago that I had like a lump or like a bump like under, like in my boob, like under my skin. And at first, I didn't think, I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't worry about it. In any event, I had a doctor's appointment that I inadvertently canceled. I did not mean to, but I canceled it. So when I got there, they were like, oh, you can wait two hours to see the doctor or, right, that's what I said, should. Or you can just make a new appointment in two weeks. And I was like, well, this bump has been here for a while. I don't think it's going to get any worse. I'll just come back in two weeks. I woke up the next morning, that bitch said, psych. When I tell you that my breast was swollen, I was in pain, and I was like, yeah, this isn't gonna, this is not going to last. So I ended up making an appointment to go to urgent care. I even tried to take out the piercing on my own. I couldn't do it because my breast was that swollen. So the doctor had to do it at urgent care, KB, not your face. So in any event, the doctor ended up taking the piercing out and she had to use scissors to hold it and forceps to unscrew it she put me on antibiotics and two days later the abscess ruptured and it was pretty disgusting okay that's enough thank you thank you for the update I didn't know you were gonna go into detail because I really wanted to I was like have the titty I was going to say she's off the sick and shuddering list, I think. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm still, I think I have a day and a half left on my antibiotics, one. Oh, you're still in the and sick and shuddering, okay. And two, I have a, a wound, an open wound on my areola. And can I first say, when it first happened, I felt really disgusted. I felt... Very unsexy and very unattractive. I think I went through a little bit of a depression. Like I was really, really like sad and upset. It felt like my body had like turned against me. But now we're I not going to say de- we're not going to say depression because we haven't met the criteria yet, right? So we'll, well say a depressed a mood of depression. No, we say a depressed mood. A dep- I was in a depressed mood and in a depressed. There we state go. Is that get, appropriate her get her together. Get her together. It's not a depressed state. It's a depressed mood. Go not ahead. Sugar, you be quiet. <laughs> I mean, I'm checking in on you. I mean, I'm just, you know, we all trying to be PC now. We'll get into that yes. later in the show. So, you know, we have to yes. watch what we say and how we say, because you know somebody's in a world of shit right now. So we, yeah. So l is on the up in the recovery. Yes, I'm uh, on the recovery when, list. Like, the wound is not as, as detrimental, not detrimental, as severe as it was a week and a half ago. I don't feel it, disgusted by my body anymore. I I was enjoying calling you and saying, how's your titty doing? Uh-huh. I was kind of enjoying that because yeah. that was kind of fun for me. Yeah, taking it. The, the titty okay? Yeah. i would be like, how's your titty, 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 titty doing? <laughs> Thank you so much well i I will also say that mine would have healed up with no problem right away
1: i wish you could see me right now
0: i'm gonna turn my camera on you are stupid yeah i know it's weird talking to a blank screen there you go yeah i I don't want to talk to the blank screen anymore. just just keep it on yeah yeah, we'll we'll (laughs) deal with it rotate sit down and rotate i was was just saying that too i hope that's one of your ad libs that should be Sit on it and rotate like one of your your sound. That like really it. should. It should it can, be. It can be. We can work we on it. Re- we can record it and, and send it off. Shook, how you doing? Girl, I am tired. So Mother Nature is in full effect. <gasps> Me too. You. It's in full effect. Girl, I woke up at six o'clock this morning. And one, I couldn't sleep. I woke up at six o'clock this morning because it was so bad. I I feel like somebody was stabbing me in my uterus. So kind of off today, but I got a lot of stuff done because I couldn't sleep. So I, I was like, okay, I'm not going to go to sleep. So let me get up and do some stuff for work but i literally got like two hours and 30 minutes of sleep last night because in so much pain so as soon as we get off of this i am going to pass the fuck out well i think all the guys have officially tuned out of our show at this point (laughs) um the first two (laughs) stories it's for us we don't care about y'all fuck y'all niggas (laughs) i didn't KB didn't say that. Okay. Uh, She loves Wait, what? Is that not close? That's not. I'm so sorry. You about to get slapped. So listen. (laughs) So for me, not by me, I wouldn't touch you. (laughs) And you know what? Okay. So let me say this. how Let me just go into how I'm doing. I am drinking my Cabernet Sauvignon I have two days off and I am happy. I am realizing more and more that I have got to make a change because I'm only now happy when I'm not at work. So I'll say that. I'll also say that, you know, I have some exciting things coming up from the outside, Somehow I got roped in not only to be on the panel, which was no problem, but also to DJ the panel prior, before and after. So this is going to be interesting. How I start off with music and then run and get on the panel and then run back to start back up the music. So that's going to be interesting. And I had an incident recently where, and this is actually before the whole Oscars. is actually the day before the Oscars, and I was quite proud of myself. L, I told the story how I. I tried to remove myself on two different occasions from a very irritating person in another sorority mm. who I did not know. And I avoided me getting her ass all the way together. Mm. So, you know what? I'm counting that as growth, Suge. Ashe, I'm proud of you. Keep that up. Because, you know, I, 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 y'all, I had to sit and say, I got a lot to lose. And I don't think, of course, that's not how I always thought, because I was like, some of these, Some of these people, I'm going to go ahead and take the L. Y'all just bail me out. I give y'all money back. But for for this case, I really did sit and say, okay, remove yourself. I moved to one spot of the house, then heard something absolutely ridiculous coming out of this young lady's mouth. It was actually sickening. And I'll just tell y'all this part so we can get the show started. She was making a comment about her mother having COVID and her coming down with COVID. And of course, her walking in and her energy was off. Once she said that and her mother passed away, I immediately went into, oh, no, everybody at the table said, oh, you know, we all empathetic to that. Then in the same breath, she said, oh, it's okay. It was my fifth child and I already have four. Yeah, it was my fifth child. I already have four. So I, I didn't need the fifth one anyway. Are you serious? I'm so serious. I told, yeah, I'll have to tell you the whole rundown. It's actually a long story. That was one incident. And and for a person like me who has had a miscarriage, like for me, that was just, I could not believe it. And she was five and a half. She said she was five and a half months along. That's when I knew I had to remove myself completely. So I went and sat on the other side of the room. So I wouldn't even hear her conversation. And she decides to mosey her ass over there at some point while me and my girlfriend are talking and wanted to butt into the conversation to the point that I had to say, I'm in healthcare. I'm good. Mm. Still said another line afterwards, but then went ran back over to her friend who she came with, who I do know, and said, I don't think KB likes me. I told her friend to tell her it is confirmed. Because one thing about me, <laughs> one thing about me, I am not going to hide my feelings. So you will know how I feel about you at any given moment. So I try, you know, when it's a business, like if, if it's not paying me, I don't have to act a certain way. Right. So yeah, I have to keep it cute at work, but I ain't got to keep it cute on the outsource. So I'm, I'm proud of myself that I did not go all the way off on this chick. And I was able to remove myself twice, but that's how I'm doing. And uh, yeah, let's let's get enrolling. rolling. So our Aluminder family has been in the news a lot lately. And the first time that it was in the news, KB Mike I see two- what her fa- her family shirt on. Yeah. Wait, can I say, sure, your titties look real big. Do you have a bra yeah. on right now? No, I do not. My titties have always been big. But they're extra juicy because I'm um I'm hormonal right now. So thanks. Okay. For You're welcome. I can't. Hey, so all the men stay listening. It's gonna get better. Go. <laughs> right. Because now we're going into football. Titties and football. I mean, what else can a man want, right? Hey, it's what makes America great. Fuck Donald Trump. I can't. Oh my god. A barbaric ass a sport. Go. <laughs> so in any event. 30 NFL that teams. That is, actually, I'm sorry. That is very American. The barbaric nature of it is very American. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Very true. Thank you, KB. So 30 <laughs> different NFL teams travel to the the highest of Seven Hills for Family Pro Day. So I think that's pretty exciting because there are only like 38 NFL teams. So cool. the vast majority of them travel to Tallahassee. To see what the rattlers have, and I think ten rattlers participated. So I hope that means like good things for our fellow rattlers, famuans, who will be graduating um, this year, and will hopefully, you know, get picked to for a team this year. Yeah. And shout out to what's his name? Deion Sanders for actually shining a spotlight on how the NFL has been overlooking HBCU players and now trying to help get more minorities coming from those schools into the the league. So kudos to him. I think he's doing like a really great job as the coach for Jackson state. And I can't wait to see more of what comes out of him heading up that whole department. So and, and I would also say, I think it's a trickle down effect. You know, we talked about DEI efforts that are happening within companies, how everybody gets the benefit. It's not just going to be one group that benefits, one minority group that benefits. I think we can say the same thing about what's happening with Jackson State and how that really is truly trickling down. I think we were already starting to gain some momentum, but I do think that, you know, him being Deion Sanders, being a coach and being prime time. And having the voice that he has has really brought an additional light to uh, all of the HBCUs. And also, you said, thir- is it really thirty? Only thirty? Like how many thirty something? Because it's fifty states, so I would imagine it's more I think than it's thirty-two. Because yeah, in it's actually, article, thirty-two teams. Yeah. yeah, it's not that many. You it's know, like sixteen in the NFC. Really? Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's impressive. That majority of them actually right. came out. So yeah, go ahead. So. Every state doesn't have a football no. team? No, Alabama doesn't have a Alabama doesn't have a team. So like a lot of your kind of like smaller and then also too, it's based off of population. So like your less populous states, like all of those states in the middle, like Idaho and all of that, those- Oh, that's right. They don't have no team. No. But then Florida has three teams. Okay, okay. all right. And then Pennsylvania, Florida. we have two teams. Yeah, okay. you New York has two teams, even though technically they're in New Jersey. Right, but like California has multiple NFL teams, like you said, Florida. Oh. Does Florida. Yeah, and I think yeah. those are the only three states that have multiple NFL teams. Yeah, it's not. Well, that's how Florida has three. I thought yeah. Florida has three. You yeah, said four? Tampa, Jacksonville, oh. Miami. Yeah, I thought you said four. That's what I was like what a fourth one. Okay. All right. no, 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 three. I would no. I was saying only three states have multiple NFL teams okay gotcha all right oh god I, for some reason i'm like well y'all can tell i don't watch the nfl so there's that but i was like oh every state doesn't have a but yeah you're right i never heard of an idaho team okay never mind sorry proceed so not every state has like not every state has a professional sports team right like more states have like basketball teams have an nba team like The Minnesota well Minnesota has football and basketball. That's a bad example. Well, no, yeah, I was saying, yeah, now that you say that, yes, but each state probably has something there, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Whether it be baseball. Yeah, but not even but right, but also not even like a professional sport, but like semi Alabama doesn't have any professional. Yeah, South Carolina doesn't eat like we have like semi-pro, which is like the green graves. So yeah. like in Greenville, typically the Greenville play, Greenville plays, mm-hmm. the Greenville Braves are the semi-pro team and sometimes they'll play a few years there before they get drafted to go okay. and play for Atlanta. Yeah. two That's two states that got raised honky-tonk behind people and they I don't mean, have professional sports? I mean, they they're, they're, people? they're like, them corn-fed it. looking motherfuckers, like that's what I mean. You know what she's talking about. I mean, there are reasons behind it. There are, are like various reasons, like political, money, oh, okay. all yeah. kinds yeah. of stuff. Like, it, it goes, yeah, it, yeah, it's deeper, but yeah. yeah. And I will say like, even for like the first North and South Carolina. So North Carolina has the Carolina Panthers, right? The Panthers are based in Charlotte, which is like an hour and a half from Greenville, which is where I'm from. But even though, but also their practice facility, though, is in South Carolina. It's in Gaffney, South Carolina, which is maybe like in 45 minutes to an hour from Charlotte. And even like the, well, I guess they're not the Redskins anymore, but the Commanders. Like they actually moved out of Washington and have been playing in Maryland for years in Landover, but they practice in Virginia. Their practice (laughs) facility is in Virginia. The Carolina Panthers are not in Carolina? They're in North Carolina. You know, I don't know about North and South. No way for Carolina. I know, no, but all I, I want you to learn though. I want you to learn. Probably not. It's from South Carolina. Oh, oh, guess what? Just on that note, real quick, y'all. I had um, the ladies laughing at that same party. This is before the person with the bad mojo came in. But I had them laughing because I was telling them about what we, you know, taking uh, little KB for spring break. I said, "Yes, we're going on a tour of a crime scene." In uh, Nigga. <laughs> what tour, tour of a crime scene in Charleston, South Carolina, isn't it South Carolina? It is, thank you. So I said, We're going to tour to. So my other girlfriend was like, Oh my god, you got her learning on her spring break. I was like, Yeah, and so they were like, Oh, we're taking the girls to Puerto Rico. I was like, Oh, don't tell my daughter, but also this is gonna be a fun trip like auntie l is gonna make sure that little kb has a good time that's what i say there's nothing wrong with learning and if, uh, learning can be fun i so fun yeah it's just it's a spring break fun. it's all yeah i ain't done that but anyway we are going to the tour of the crime scene but go mm-hmm. ahead i can't stand you so in any event going back to the nfl story kb you should be proud because your play cousin participated in the pro day with the nfl teams who is this Marquis Spell, the one who plays for FAMU. He's a remember safety. we talked about him? Mm-hmm. He's a safety. Oh. I don't remember. Mm-mm. Okay, Next. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Your ass just don't know. So it, we're still in women's history month. So NFL teams must hire a female or minority offensive coach. What's that about? Oh, that is all related to the lawsuit that was filed by um, Brian Flores. So, you know, that the NFL is trying to revamp their whole image. And so Roger Goodell has promised that they would look into their hiring Mm -hmm. processes. So coming out of that is now that it's going to be mandatory that all 32 teams either hire a minority or a female coach to their offensive staff. So that's where this is coming from. So look, I'm doing, who's that guy that got that meme that he do like this? Mm-mm. Oh, my I'm blue sharp. Sharp. My blue Yeah. yeah. Oh. His non-talking ass. So anyway, <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I gotta, wait a minute. what you're not going to do is talk about oh. Shane. Okay, that's what oh. we're not going to do. Oh, but I am. Oh, yeah. but I am. So listen, I saw this and I was thinking, this is where they get us. And I know we have Women's History Month and all of that, right? But this is where they get us. When you look at those numbers, women, of course, still are low in everything, right? Especially in sports. I was actually, I'm preparing for a talk. So I was going through this, a a couple of articles yesterday and reading. And, you know, the numbers for sports are even probably worse than some of the other areas for women. But when you look at minorities, minorities are often lower than the women. So if you're a minority woman, you're at the lowest of the totem pole, oh, right? So I at, at the bottom. Yeah, that's not I yeah. just think what's going to happen is that you're just going to start appointing all these women. And here's what I'm saying there's nothing wrong with that, right? But this came out of that Flora's case. How does it free us? Like, how is that going to benefit us? And us meaning Black people. I'm curious to find out, and I know we've had this conversation before, when they put these practices into play, there's some downsides to this because you start saying, oh, I have to interview so many people, but you have no plans on actually hiring them. I think one good thing is that they're actually making them hire somebody, but how is that person going to be accepted? Are they going to be looked at as though they were a, a token hire They're even paying them out of a different pot. I just don't, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of mixed on it. Yes, we need it because one of those, like when all the articles that I was reading, if you start getting minority women, any of those groups into a manager level position, that allows for your pool to be even larger. So of course that pool gets smaller and smaller the higher you go up. But if you can at least get them into entry and then move them up to manager, then you can start seeing that growth in the uh, c-suite d-suite etc so i think yes i see where they're trying to go at because if you start appointing then you're gonna have to start promoting them and they're gonna get up in those higher suites but i just i don't want it to be where these people are looked at as they're not capable i think that's what i'm trying to say right we know that they are that's the downside of affirmative action unfortunately like it's i feel like it's a necessary evil but then it's like you know, you're qualified. It's kind of like with the Supreme Court hearings or whatever, like she's obviously overly qualified. Overqualified. The most most qualified person that they have brought before anybody ever. But then it's like, oh, well, you know, she only got it because she's a black woman. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like the double edged sword, but it's necessary to even like have her to get her foot in the door because if it wasn't for that, she wouldn't even be sitting in front of them right now. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of, that's just kind of the way that it goes, unfortunately. But it also had to take somebody suing their asses to wake them up and be like, hey, we need to shake this up. Like, this is not okay. But they'll do that, but they never go back to the person that they offended. Like, you think about Colin Kaepernick. He still doesn't have a job. Flores, or does that mean that you guys are going to give him his money, his coins? Like, you know, because he's suing? Like, they'll sit up there and try to put in other policies to act like, oh, forget about this lawsuit and let's keep it moving. But do y'all ever address the original person that this started with? No. Probably not, unless they settle out of court. And that's probably probably what's going to happen with Brian Flores. Like, probably going to settle out of court. They're probably going to give him an undisclosed amount of money. And he's going to go on his merry little way. But also what you mentioned earlier, KB, is the exact point that Brian made in his suit when he was saying that a lot of these teams previously had been interviewing people that they had no intent to hire, just to say that they interviewed this person and that they were considering a minority coach, when in fact they were not seriously considering that person they had already handpicked who they wanted but also that is not new right because that even happens in corporate america but no before they didn't didn't have to give us an interview no what was happening in corporate america before they didn't have to give us an interview now a lot of the companies are putting these things into place saying you have to have um, you know so many of either female or minority group on your interview panel and interviewing as an interviewee right. but right. what's happening um l we're seeing that how many of those are actually for one are you listening to the interview panel person like the the minority how often at the time that they're giving you input about a candidate do you actually accept and actually listen to that and go that direction the other piece on the other side is how many times are we getting these interviews but you have no intentions on actually hiring me so i think it has flipped where now they're putting that same thing into play because before no they didn't even have to interview us they would just not interview us. So It'd I make guess, up a reason. Right. Well, I guess I'm just thinking from like personal experience when I was in corporate America, where there were positions where a lot of hiring managers already knew who they wanted. Oh, they yeah. Just oh, yeah. Absolutely. A that's, that's so, that, so that's kind of what, like, I'm saying, like, that's been happening for years. Like, that concept isn't anything new. But It's not, but seen. we talk about minority group. And just to throw another stat, and I'm sorry I'm throwing stats tonight, but I'm telling you these articles is fresh in my head. To talk about what you just said, L, mm-hmm. 85%, they say, of jobs are through networking. So that's that same exact point of I already knew I was going to hire you for this role in 85% of the cases. It's due to networking. And I thought that was an astonishing number that I kept seeing come up on um, articles. But go ahead, sorry. So essentially, I mean, I can even say with my first job that brought me to DC, like I definitely got that job through networking. Like as soon as my phone interview was over, the guy offered me the job. And I know it was because the person who referred me, they had a really good relationship and he trusted her word and trusted her opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yep. it still ha- so it. I mean, it's it still happens. It's going to happen. But I think another point too is similar to the conversation that you all had last week about the police chief that was fired in Fort Lauderdale, who was only hiring minority people for promotions for promotional opportunities, and I feel like it's sort of it's sort of similar it's not the same thing but it's very very similar in the fact that he was very intentional about hiring minority people for certain managerial roles within the police department no i, I do agree and i think too in that case we do have to remember those folks were very qualified they had just been passed over because of the old boys club right And I think we have to keep saying the merit was there, the experience was there, everything was there, which I think in these cases in the NFL, they're going to be there. I think the experience is going to be there, the knowledge base, all of those things are going to probably be there. Like you said, this is probably what we have to do in order to get to that level. And that's what a lot of those articles are recommending, that you entry level some folks in there so that you can start climbing up and seeing folks in the upper offices um, later down the line. So I just wonder, because to me, there's a big difference between the coaching staff and the C-suite in the front office when it comes to professional teams. And me personally, I would rather be in the front office than be a coach. But that's just me. <laughs> I mean, who would not want to be? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you don't have to get all the grunt of, you know, when you don't win. You know, you know. I'm sure us other things that happen in the front office, but I could see that. Right. So speaking of football, on a sad note, the young person that died on a music park ride in Florida actually was a standout football player at his yeah, school. He really was. Um, and I, it's sad because I was reading an article from his father talking about like how great he was at football. But unfortunately, and I was kind of talking about this with KB before the call so the young man like he was he was a really big guy so he was 14 years old he was over six feet tall he was about 340 pounds or something of that nature so obviously he didn't fit the requirements to be on this ride so in other rides that he was trying to get on in the park the operator stopped him and they were like you know, no, we can't let you on due to safety concerns because you exceed the weight requirement. So I'm trying to understand, like, why was everybody else doing their job at those rides and they allowed him to get on this particular ride? So that's kind of where the disconnect. And that's also what his father was saying as to, you know, how did this happen? Because once they they're still doing the investigation, but part of it came back is that his seat was locked when he was on the ride but I'm also kind of like if the seat was locked how did he fall out of it I thought this story was so sad I was like actually sad when I was reading this because even though he was so large and a lot of times people just oh, he's a big guy, like they, they forget that he's a kid. He's a child. He's 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And you can just imagine if he got turned down for two other rides and, you know, now he's excited because he can finally get on a ride, like how sad that truly is. And so, you know, this really touched me. I hope the appropriate people are held accountable because even if this guy was trying to beg you to get on a ride, like his safety is first and and that's just not worth it. And the really eerie thing about it is, is that I also read a story like when he got on the ride, he was saying something about he didn't feel, he felt weird or whatever, but he was like, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel right. So if I don't make it off of this, you know, tell my parents that I love them. And then he ended up falling out of the seat. So I'm kind of like, Did he know even before the ride started that something was wrong? Like, it was just really weird. But then again, I think that also kind of speaks to what you were saying, KB, like, you know, especially for minority kids, like we aren't really looked at as children, unfortunately, you Mm -hmm. know, so although because he was so large, like you were saying, he was 14 years old. But, you know, if you were to look at him because he is, Six five, three hundred and forty pounds. Like he's gonna look like a grown ass man. You know what I'm saying? So, but again, I hope they do sue the part. I hope they get all of the coins because I definitely feel like they should be held responsible for that. They shouldn't have let him on that ride. So, condolences goes out to him and his friends and and his family because I. I just couldn't imagine, but you know, that's the reason why I get paranoid about getting on those kind of rides anyway. Like I'm a scaredy cat, so I prefer to stay on the ground. Next. But you know, that also reminds me of an episode of 911. Like I think during the first season, maybe episode two, there were these two friends who were at an amusement park or at a fair and were getting on one of those roller coasters, and one of the friends was really overweight and as the ride started to go upside down the lever opened his friend who was smaller was the one that actually flew out and the bigger boy ended up holding the bar while the ride was like upside down so of course like the the firemen come and you know try to save him and tell him to hold on but he ends up falling and letting go thanks so it's for the it- sadness L, am so sorry but when I read this story it reminded me of that episode of 911. and that I can't was- even watch- believe you watched that show you know I got through one episode and it was like okay I'm straight I, I love it though go. it's good. I I, mean, I, I it is, good it is good I, I might that. try again but it's just what well working I, out anyway love it I need to go back and start watching it again so, another show I can't get into was Atlanta. And I think Suge loves Atlanta. I just, Are you serious? I, just, I might have to go back and try, but I tried before. It wasn't working for me. I'm so sorry. I think, I don't even know if I've ever watched it. I feel like I have, and I must not have been, but it's on a channel I don't think I have. What channel Everybody is it, it comes FX. on? FX. Everybody has FX yeah so i will say it's a different type of show like it's a very kind of like dark cynical humor but i will say that the new season that first episode if you haven't watched it like it was phenomenal it makes up for the four year period in between the last season and this one so to break it down for it's been four uh, years since the last episode Because of the pandemic, you gotta, you gotta think that, you know, COVID was two years and then people's schedules, like Donald Glover was doing Star Wars and Brian Tyree was doing, so they're all, they're all like busy. But that first episode, for those who have watched it, it was based on two true life events. So one is a, there's a lake in Georgia, about an hour outside of Atlanta. I think it's called Lake Lanier. So basically, that was an all-Black community that was doing very well for themselves. Something happened, I want to say, like, you know, there was a young white lady that was assaulted or something like that. So the white people in the next town over, again, they had that whole mob mentality. So they ended up, they ended up, um... (laughs) Like going off on the people in the town, and they actually built a dam or whatever. So they flooded the Black community. So there is now this lake sitting on top of this once thriving Black community. And that's how the show opened. And then it goes into this young man is like he's taken from his home by Child Protective Services. And for those who are familiar with the story of the hearts, it was this lesbian couple who adopted six black kids and they were abusing them and then it turns out that they ended up killing themselves and the children in a murder suicide so that's the first episode and then the second episode gets into like it's typical Atlanta humor and KB I see a look on your face because you're like what these black people yeah that's um so that incident I want to say it took place a, a couple of years ago it was, I once, in like, Seattle. it was two white women but they had adopted children and most of their children were black yeah all of them were black and all of them were adopted so if you remember when the riots and everything that were happening um was it ferguson I don't know. It was it was one of those riots. But remember that picture of the little boy who had on the hat and he was hugging yes. the officer like free hugs. So he yes. was one of the children. Yes, so it did. turns out that picture was staged by the lesbian couple because they wanted to gain some type of notoriety. But what they were doing was they were deeply in debt and they were taking these kids on to get money from child protective services and they ended up killing the kids like they were abusing the kids they weren't feeding them they had bruises and things all over their body and it was like the people who were doing who were over the case noticed it and they never reported them but going off of of that that's like a little snippet of Atlanta but they deal with all kinds of topics like the second episode was talking about the rumors of Tupac still being alive They do all types of like (laughs) really quirky things in the show dealing with, you know, Black culture and things that happen around Atlanta specifically. So it's a really good show. Like, I think y'all would like it. Give it a second chance. It does, it's a little off color, but the reason why we're talking about it is because now Malia Obama is going to be a writer on Donald Glover's new show. Quick question. So that first episode sound real... Whitish to me. You think Malia was responsible for that one? No, she's not a writer she's for Atlanta. but yeah, I'm you, trying to put stuff yeah. on her. Let me shut up. Go yeah. ahead. Donald Glover is the creator of Atlanta. So he's going to have a new show at Amazon. And she got hired as a writer for for the show. Yeah. And the yeah. show is going to be with Amazon Studios. I'm sure she's getting a lot of opportunities just off her name. I'm sure it's also off of, off of what the work she does, though. But I'm okay with it. I mean, I just I wonder how much of it is off of her name. But white people been doing this. I don't well, have no problem didn't, with it. She did an internship with the HBO series Girls. Yeah, no, I'm saying any of those opportunities. Well, she still had to prove herself. She still had to apply. But I'm sure you means- have to apply. But your name didn't mean a lot. I'm not. I don't have a no problem with it. I'm saying people been doing this. Right now, yeah. you have somebody of our. Right, and that's sure. exactly what we should be doing. So yeah. I'm. I, I wonder how much it plays, and for anybody, like you know, we really look at it, but I'm sure she's getting in there and doing what she needs to do, though, for sure. Absolutely, and I think the fact that she even got hired as a writer, I yeah. think that she has proven herself that she is capable and is qualified to to be a writer on a TV show. So I'm excited. Oh. I hope we dates black men now. What happened? Oh, hope she dating black man. No so next, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so next confused. Why next. are we talking about her? Per- you know what, KB, I'm done with you. I'm sorry. It's not in my head. So, a lot of rattlers, in any event, were very happy on Oscar Sunday because one of our own produced the the 88th Academy Award ceremony. KB, yeah. why are you making that face? Because I don't care about the Oscars and I never have. Yeah, we don't. But it's just the fact that Will Packer produced it. Yeah. And he's a FAMU alum. And he's also an engineering major. So oh, he was? I thought it was like MBA, like business or something. Oh, okay. Or like arts. I thought he was like production or something. But listen, I will say my mom even it was so funny. She said she normally doesn't watch the whole show like she'll watch pieces at times she said she actually sat down and watched the whole show because will packer was from famu and of course my mother's an alumnus as well and so it was really cute that you know a lot of the rattlers were tuning in to support so yeah shout out to him yeah not only that it was the first time the oscars also had an all-black production team so that was kudos to will on being able to make that happen as well so and then who messed up who messed it up wait before (laughs) we go there can i talk about like the two highlights that we are not talking about because motherfuckers want to act stupid so first things first samuel l jackson won oscar and denzel washington gave it to him well off air yes that was going to be my point so i'm happy that sam got his recognition but i also have mixed feelings about it because i feel like if you're going to give somebody an honorary award like that they should at least have their two or three minutes to get on stage like everybody else because it's like okay samuel l jackson has been in movies that have grossed over 27 billion dollars billion She just was it just wasn't televised But I have a problem with that I feel like it should have been televised like give him his two minutes like everybody else deserves like if you're going to give it to him at least let him get his shine the way that everybody else gets theirs so that was my only sore point about that moment. I'm with you but then my boo quest love won an Oscar for best documentary for summer of soul. So I'm very, very happy for Amir, and I show Philly homeboy a KB. So you should be happy. Yeah, we gonna see him. We gonna see him in June at the Roots Picnic. Yes, we are. I'm so excited. I need to put in my calendar. Yeah, Is that the first weekend of June. Yes, first weekend in June. It's the first one. Oh, and then also something else that people are overlooking is that Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry also won an Oscar for the Queen of Basketball documentary. So people are also leaving that out, too. So we want to give them a shout out as well. And I can't wait to see that Queen of Basketball. I heard the interview of the guy who actually did the documentary and he was on the Karen Hunter show. And it is available on YouTube, everybody, for free. So they make this content free. So I'm very excited to actually watch this because I never knew about her. So I really am like antsy to watch that one. So I might try to make that happen this weekend. That's cool. But we also have to give a shout out to Ariana DeBose because she is the first Afro-Latina to win an Academy Award. She won for Best Supporting Actress for her role in West Side Story. And she is also, I think, the first openly queer person yes. to win an Oscar in that category as well. So, kudos. What does her mean? is she transgender or what are we talking about? No, so, it, it means what? that she's not heterosexual, like she's not straight, like she doesn't identify kind of as lesbian, but she's not heterosexual either. So, she's kind like of in between, yeah, she's on the spectrum. Um, right. and then also to mention that fun fact is that she won the same award that Rita Moreno won for best supporting actress playing that same role and it was 60 years apart so yeah. I thought that was really really cool so that was a full circle moment because who is Rita Moreno who is the other person you don't know who a- Rita Moreno is no no she isn't Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno is is she white is she black he's hispanic I wouldn't know her Okay. In any event, she's a legend. She's a fucking legend. She's amazing. She can't be a legend if I don't know her. Woo! In any event, West Side Story honestly is one of my favorite musicals. I did not, I have not seen the new one. I don't know if I really want to, but I might watch it just because Stephen is so birthday. Don't watch it, should Did you see no. it? No. It's, well, okay. she... just watch the old one. Yeah. Well. No, we need to stop watching West Side Story, period. But go ahead. I love what West Side Story is a classic. I bet you didn't even watch Grease either, did you? I did watch Grease. Okay. I haven't watched that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I want? You know what I want? Oh, all right. Now. You didn't, for- you didn't see, wait, you didn't see Grease? No, I couldn't get into it. Oh, I, I love Grease. I what's, can't what's wrong this? with you? Something I is can't. really wrong with you. I mean, it uh, was really white, but I love Grease. I didn't realize. Yeah, it. sorry, sorry, but not sorry. But let's You're get the, the meat and the potatoes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Honey, the one that I want. You are the one I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, I need. <clears throat> oh, oh yes, What? Sorry. Let's get into the meat and potatoes about the slap. Pa and her around the world now why are y'all uncles fighting at the the, the cookout like what happened it wasn't, only no one fight. Uncle. it wasn't a fight so let's let's clear that up it was not a fight and it okay. was only one uncle and right. here's where i'm at with it first of all I'm, I'm tired of hearing about this let me just say that it's only been a few days and i'm already tired of it so Back. that's the first thing i think I, will is wrong I'm gonna say that first. Yes, dead no wrong. In my opinion, he dead was wrong. wrong. Yeah, I don't think he handled his emotions appropriately. I hate that he is the representation for black people, and I say that not in reality. We know in reality he is not the representation. However, do I think he's going to get viewed that way? In some regards, I do. And I think that it's gonna be something for him to be like, I let my people down. And I hate that it has to be one person or we think it has to be one person that is a representation. When a white person or a person of another color acts a damn fool, don't nobody say you let us down. And I've heard that sentiment several times over in different people's conversations on things that are getting posted. You know, he let the black community down. Why is it on one person to represent the freaking black community? We I mean, you gotta stop that. You know, so that's kind of that whole magical Negro stereotype that we always have to play into. It's kind of like, you know, you, you have to be perfect because you are the sole representative. And, you know, if you make a mistake, then that's gonna blow back on everybody else that's coming behind you and I don't think that that's fair. So I agree with you. I think Will is dead wrong in this instance. And I'm also kind of like, I'm looking at it from a lens of Will has gone through a lot over the past couple of years. And I feel like that was his breaking point because if you watch the clip, he initially laughed at the joke that Chris Rock, you know, said about Jada's lack of hair jada rolled her eyes and will looked at her and saw that she was upset and that's when he decided to take it upon himself to get out there and go on stage and pimp slap chris rock and at first everybody was kind of like shocked because it was like was this in the script like was the stage because it was just so odd and then it's not until Will is yelling from the audience keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth that everybody knew it wasn't a game. So, I'm more of like after all of the scrutiny that him and Jada have been under over the past couple of years, which I will say is part of their own doing, is why is it that you chose that moment and that person to go off on because to me the joke was very mild and if you go back and watch the clip again the joke actually didn't go over well when he said it because a lot of people were like "Uh," and he was like oh come on you know that was a good one and it was like "Uh," it really wasn't to me it was mild compared to a lot of the disrespect that they've had come in their way for the past couple of years due to their quote-unquote entanglement so I'm just like out of all of the people that you could have gone after for saying something disrespectful, why did you choose Chris Rock? And why did you choose it to be on stage at the Oscar? Just moments before you're waiting to get the award for best actor. But I think one of those comments and I'm, and I'm going to let you jump in, but one of those comments that I know I, we were talking about on our own personal text group. Sometimes you can't say when that breaking moment will be. So Mm -hmm. I know everybody's like, why did you choose that moment? I I don't think he chose that moment. I think, like you said, it's other things that are probably happening. And he felt obligated to do something. Because whether his initial laugh was out of nervousness or to be a part of the group. Right. You know, how can we, you know, if you think about that kid that just kept getting picked on, that was a damn day. The kid that get picked on and go and shoot up the damn school, that was a damn day. We can't account for when a day is, but I think one of those things I saw, which I really did agree with, that's why it's so important with learning when, you know, your own triggers. And when I was talking about that story and we opened up that happened recently at that house um, event, I know what my triggers are. I know stupid people are my triggers, right? So when you start saying silly shit to me, it really gets to me. And so me removing myself from that situation, because yeah, I could have went head to head with that girl. Like I would, I could have went head to head with her. I could have, I could have tapped that bitch. Like I could have tapped her. But how much am I going to lose on the back end? This bitch is an educator, and I'm sorry, Elle, no, no slate to educators. My mother's one, but we in some different tax brackets. So I'm gonna let your silly ass comments upset me to that level, and I just think that you don't know when that boiling point is going to happen. But he should have had better tools to be able to say, he could have even walked up on that stage, y'all, and whispered in that man, you know what I'm saying? When I be talking about, I'm going to talk to you up close, he could have pulled one of them and cursed his ass out. And I think somebody else said, you know, when he accepted his award, he could have took that opportunity to educate. There were other ways of handling that to still, quote unquote, take up for your woman. Yeah. I definitely agree with that 1,000%. I think they were both wrong. I'm going to say, I think Chris was wrong because first of all, he went off script because everybody knows that jokes are vetted for the Oscars before you present. So he went off script with that. Number two, even if Chris Rock, Did not know that Jada had alopecia. And that's why she cut her hair. That was not by choice. That's a necessity. And she's been very vocal about that. He did the movie Good Hair. So I feel like, yeah, like he, I feel like in his research of that movie and knowing everything about Black women and our hair and how that is, I know alopecia came up. It had to have somewhere. It yeah, it, it did. It absolutely did. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I just think that, and then also, and I know like in our text, in our text thread, you know, Sugar saying Chris Rock is a comedian, but he also came for Jaden and Will in 2016. But I also think like KB said, like, this was, this was Will's breaking point. He was like, you know, you're not going to talk about my wife. Like, I can see that, she, that this upset her. This is not funny. I'm going to stick up for her and do what I got to do with her husband. So let me say that. I don't condone violence. I don't condone putting your hands on somebody else. But Will should thank his lucky stars that Chris Rock didn't start throwing blows back and that they just canceled the whole damn award show, because that easily could have taken a turn for the worse. And then I was at my nail appointment today, shout out to Jay. So she and I were talking. And, you know, we were talking about the fact that Chris Rock decided not to press charges. And she was like, absolutely not. And I know she probably wanted to curse. But she's like, absolutely not. Because she was like, hello, first of all, A black person is not, and a black man is not going to turn in another black man to the police, number one. And she's like, and number two, it's the LAPD. Mm -hmm. Like Rodney King, Riot. She's like, absolutely not. She was like, another black man does not need to turn in another black man to the LAPD. That's a no. So I'm happy he didn't press charges but there was false information going around last night saying that chris rock had issued his apology and his team has since come out and said that that was not true so we don't know what chris is thinking right now he's been radio silent on the issue but i personally would have to say i i'm happy he didn't press charges so will's not going to jail but i would definitely fucking sue him for putting his hands on me I'm gonna get you where it hurts. And I, don't, do. I don't think he's going. I'm, I'm I don't gonna think I, he's going. That was that was not only embarrassing. Will embarrass himself. Will embarrass Jada. Will also embarrass Chris Rock. So you know, but and, and, it, and but, did, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, he did. And did, now I'm like, no, I'm gotta, saying, did he embarrass Jada? Because I don't know Jada, right?
1: But Jada. some just tell me,
0: if you was looking like that, was you a little bit like? Oh, my man showed up. Like, I could see afterwards you rethinking the whole thing and saying, man, this might not have been a good look. And I was one of those people who I was telling y'all in the text room, no, this is not real. No, because we had the just... whole conversation. We were like, that's not real. Because I was like, first of all, where the is security? Security. Yes. Thank you. do not on the stage. Hey, and they dropped the ball. Yes. The yes. audience, like, ain't shit happen." That's but, like, KB and I were like they're actors, they're actors. I was like they're actors this is, an, yeah. this is a show and my thing too and that's why I was talking to Elle on the phone because Elle and I were actually on the phone my mother called in and told us what was happening I called Elle back and was like girl but the thing is that I also think the Smiths we know they like a show so when it came out that they were going to all be on the red table tower, and I don't know if that has been confirmed yet I almost was like, was this a publicity stunt for them? And Chris Rock, because Chris Rock is also benefiting from this too, because those tickets to that tour are selling out left and right. So I heard that, but I don't know. I don't think now should, I don't think that he was in on the deal, but is he benefiting? Hell yeah. Yeah. And then also Will's book sales are going up because people want to like dive deeper. So Will was very he went very in depth in the book talking about his insecurities, as far as feeling like he couldn't protect his mother mm-hmm. from his father when he was younger and standing up for women and all of that. And I'm like, I get that you want to defend your wife's honor, but there was a better way to do it. Even if he would have just yelled from the audience, keep my wife's name out your mouth, that mm-hmm. would have been effective enough to let him know that, Hey, I'm not, too far. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, do, or do my move. Do my what? move when I come whispering your ear. Let me talk to you up close. Let yeah, me talk to I'm you up like close. even when they went to <laughs> commercial, it would have been cool to like pull Chris to the side, like say, "Nigga, I I'm tired of your shit. I don't know what your problem is with me and my wife, but we're not gonna do this anymore." So I'm like, I feel like Will's reaction was appropriate i feel like the way that he did it was inappropriate gotcha that makes sense that makes 100 yeah. sense yeah but then also it's kind of like i mentioned before i mean marriage is sacred or relationships in and of self are sacred so i kind of feel and it's unfair but it's like will and jada you guys brought the entire world into your marriage yeah. so when you do that you have to be able to roll with what comes along with that. And that has left them open to attacks for years. So if I was their publicist, when that whole shit about August came out, I would have been like, August already looks like he has a couple of mental issues. So what you guys need to do is you you sit tight. I'm serious. You sit tight. You let him talk and say whatever Y'all don't say anything and let it blow over. And it would have. But it, they capitalize off of that too. You think about the Red Table Talk. That thing blew up after that. Right. But, was I was watching Red Table Talk before that though. Right. No, not. People and I'm not watching really, it now, people, but I did watch that one. People tune in specifically for that episode, but I'm mm-hmm. also like, you have to understand all publicity is not good publicity. And, and I think you know that. Do the Smiths know that? I feel like that's where they turned the corner and it's like, now we gotta make sure we keep our names in people's mouths because now I feel like they're on a Kardashian level. Nobody's looking at the talent anymore. It's just like, what kind of fuckery can we expect from them next? The fuckery, um, that's what I think too. And, and I, just, I don't and, know, I'm a little, I'm, I'm disappointed because if, if this is more of a, a publicity stunt, did I say that word right? I've been drinking. Publicity. publicity. Okay, you. I know how to say it. I said, did I say it right? So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just be supportive yo ass. Thank you, Al. <laughs> thank you. So you know, I hope it's not because that's at the detriment of not only your legacy, but again, I, I've been hating the hashtags that are going around. You want to, uh, you know, it was Oscars so white before. Now is. Oscar's black as AF. Like this is not a, this is not funny. It's not funny, and I think I'm getting embarrassed, saddened with all the memes. I'm getting yeah. saddened because we're making light of this, but it further puts into the heads of others. Like we talk about police brutality, they think we don't care about each other. So why do they need to care about us? And I know it's not about them, but when we're dying on the streets because of the perceived notion of us that's when i have a problem so right. we can just go up and slap well people been talking about you and your wife for a couple of years and like you say it just probably boiled over but damn now look what this has happened to us right now they can say oh you don't care about each other and he can go and do that at an exclusive event like this and again like some of you said he had privilege cuz I really thought it was a skit. The fact that there was no police that rushed the stage, Exactly. But yeah, I mean, he had black privilege at that moment. But now they're they're threatening taking his Oscar, which I do not agree with either. Yeah, I'm going I don't agree. Yeah, I, I think, think I that's, that's too far. I, yeah. I think so too. But can I also share? Because of his actions, like we can't even celebrate, right? Know? Yeah. The fact that he won for best Mm -hmm. actor in a leading role we can't celebrate so how do we change the narrative so here's what i think so that's what we so that's what we do right maybe we take parts of his speech we celebrate the fact that he is the fifth black man to win that award in the academy's 88 year history we Focus on the fact that he honored the Williams family and Richard Williams in his speech yeah and he and you know the thing is Will Smith is a talented man very very talented yes. and that's evident over his over 30 years in the entertainment industry yeah so maybe that's what we do we do and I think we have to and I think that's why I'm a little bothered by the news kind of keep reporting on it like i know y'all needed something to talk about y'all talk about how y'all let them um africans um out of uh ukraine and in the poland let's talk about that shit you know what i'm saying because right. you can keep on talking about the slap heard around the world and all that we can focus so well on the negative shit but right. i think it's up to us to push the narrative of like y'all said talking about what did happen that night i don't give a fuck about the oscars and i still don't give a fuck about the oscars let me be clear Yeah, but I also feel like there's a bigger issue coming into play. Like, I also think that this is another good opportunity to highlight Black mental health because this is also, you know, we're seeing somebody obviously having an emotional breakdown on a national stage. So Will is now part of that number. Kanye has been having issues for a number of years and it's like, these are things that need to be addressed. And I'm going to maintain this, you know, for as long as I have breath in my body. Therapy should be free for Black people. Like mm-hmm. as a collective. We like, a part of our reparations, right? I agree yes, with you. That needs to be part of our reparations package because I'm like, you know, we see all of these other groups that get these things done, all of this legislation. And it's like, we're still kind of waiting on our term, right? You know, I feel like they keep And now, And let me, let me add a little caveat to that. I don't think we're waiting. We are fighting. Like we've always fought for our yeah, own, we're, our we're own fighting, shit. We're fighting, but I feel yeah. like we're not making as much progress as other groups. And I'm trying to still figure that part out. But we need collectively and individually, we need to start taking care of ourselves. And I feel like, Will at that moment, you know, he just, he, he lost it. He'd been trying to hold it together for so long. And, you know, just seeing that look on Jada's face and, you know, we could have deeper conversation about their relationship later, but it's like, and I also feel like it's part of the whole Libra thing of like, we put on this face and we. Wait, you, we hear September Libra. So, you know, no, but still. That we have a tendency to look like everything is okay on the outside and on the inside like we're really hurting and I'm like Will, Kanye, other people like you guys have millions of dollars you have the means to go find therapy or do whatever it is that you need to do but honestly I think the Smiths need to do this red table talk because we knew that was coming and let that be the last one because I feel like now red table talk has morphed into something that it doesn't need to be and it's really affecting your career and your personal relationships so maybe y'all need to let that go and I love what you said all publicity ain't good publicity I feel like I forgot <laughs> that word but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was some ice cream but anyway all, all it's not always good and I think like you say when we talk about how do we change that narrative I love that piece about the opportunity to talk about mental health the opportunity to talk about what else happened the other accomplishments that happened you know having a all-black production you know staff I mean that's what needs to be highlighted right. but we're gonna keep going back to the dumb shit and that was some dumb shit we're going to keep going back to the dumb shit. And so I just, you know, black people, if y'all listening out there, can y'all stop sharing that shit on y'all social media? Can we can we start there? Stop sharing what? Yeah. Stop. Them damn dumb, dumb ass memes, but those memes that are perpetuating this, this violence. Like, let's just keep in mind, we we really do live in a violent society. And, and let me tell you something. I'm quick to want to be the bitch ass. I'm going to be are. real honest with you, right? You are. I didn't need you to cosign. I just you needed are. us to... Let us, we needed that comment just to breathe on its own, okay? You Thank are. you, though. You <laughs> but you do get to a point where you realize that is not the only way I can handle this. You realize you have other things to lose. You realize and be strategic in how I'm going to get your ass back next round, right? So how do I play this game? And these are all the games. And yes, sometimes we get sick of the the damn game. But when you get sick of that game, you take a breath, breathe, come back to the fucking game. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's something that we got to think about. And just I'm going to ask Black people again. Let's start with stop sharing the goddamn memes. Because the shit is not elevating the conversation. If you're not talking about mental health, if you're not talking about the other shit that happened there, if you're not talking, like y'all said, about the accomplishment, him winning his first Oscar, Will Smith, if we're not talking about those things, how does this free us? True. That's it, KB. That's all I'm saying. And, And if he did this for show. Which I don't think he did. He's he did seem like he was having a bit of a breakdown up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't But he absolutely but, is. Yeah, but then you know, after it happens, and you have all of the things in your head and the people in your ear, because they're gonna make money off of it. Listen, black bodies have been monetized. So who knows what your camp looks like at the same. Oh, this is a great opportunity. Let's spin this. You have PR. Let's spin this. Well, that's why you pay your PR people to spin shit. You spin it, but yeah, but all money ain't good money. You're right. That that part, KB. You know, know, yeah, they doing their job and we have been propped up. You think about how they use our black ass bodies for athletics. They use our black ass bodies for entertainment. This has been the since the beginning of uh, of us being in this settler colony. That has been what this was. So how do we take control? Take back the fucking control. Well, first of all, I feel like people give way too much weight to the Oscars, um, yes. and, and I, I think that the Oscars has been a systematically racist organization and we know that and people were even calling them out with the oscar so white shit so that's also kind of the disappointment because it was like you guys called them out for this a couple of years ago and now you just won best actor and you just showed your ass in front of the whole world so i think i feel like there's more award ceremonies that should hold more weight so I feel like when the awards come from us and it's a a from us for us type of situation I feel like those awards shows should get more recognition than the Oscars because you know nobody's really been watching the Oscars but you know the numbers definitely jumped that Sunday because in particular of that incident so and I think we got to yeah, get out of the mindset of putting shit on pedestals too, though. We we play yeah. a huge-ass role of yeah. saying, oh, we have the BET and we have all these other award we shows, but work. I don't show up to them, right? I ain't going to show up to those. Right. I, they're not in my schedule. We don't prioritize them. But then the Oscars, it's the pinnacle. Well, who the fuck made it the pinnacle? Hollywood. Well, but, I think, but I think black people do show up for our award shows now and i will know how many times beyonce got award wait how many times beyonce won an award her ass was done for what like an image award image award be i can't count the number of times a bet award has been given to that lady and she hasn't been there so but not even beyonce if we are talking about black people and black entertainers as a whole i think in more recent years the attendance and the story and the narrative around us supporting the BET Awards, the Image Awards, I think that has been increasing over the past few years. I really think so. It's not gonna be on as large of a scale as the Oscars and that's because the Oscars, if they were ran correctly, would recognize people from all over. Like movies, producers, Yes. costume designers, everybody involved in front of and behind the camera, that, that group of people is much larger and has a far wider reach mm-hmm. than those people who would be nominated for an NAACP award or an image award. I meant, well, that's the same thing, an, an image award and a BET award, because specifically those awards are specifically for people in our community, even though in, in in some instances, there have been others that have been nominated for certain roles, but typically those movies, those TV shows are all things that are based in America. The Oscars looks at films from primarily, yes, in Hollywood and primarily American, but also they look at foreign films as well. So, so that's you why I think they're stronger. Be- that's why you think they're stronger? No, I didn't say stronger. I said more people watch them, and more people are con- concerned, quote unquote, about the Oscars because I th- because I, they have a far they have a wider reach. I feel like than the BET Awards and the Image Awards as far as the people they recognize. I can see them having a far a farther reach for sure. I think too, just in how society in the U.S. is set up, we have been taught to look at them as the as the originators as the start when we are the original people and I think if we really start taking that to heart our outlook on what their award shows would be different we have black people in other countries making hella movies so Absolutely. how do we expand how do we take our own award show like you say and start putting that against and think internationally like we are the you know, international community? Like, how do we really start thinking about the diaspora in its totality? Because then we can still bring in the same concepts and just have it for us. And again, I'm probably not the biggest with the whole integration thing, right? But I just don't want us, I don't mind the Oscars existing. I don't care about that, right? But I don't want us to have a mindset that that is the pinnacle. That's where I have a problem at. So I think, that, and I don't think it's the pinnacle. I think people value the Oscars because they were the first. They were the first award show to recognize actors and actresses and, yeah, that's, that's and all these people who are involved in movies in Hollywood. They're the first. Yeah, so, they're the oldest, so they're yeah, going to have the most, yeah. They've yeah. been around longer and that's just by sheer design. Sheer design when we couldn't even walk into those spaces again but we're idolizing them. Who's idolizing the Oscars? Black people. I won't even Black, say- Black people who Black keep people. one hashtags <laughs> and saying, Oscars so white, why do you give a fuck? Here's what I'm saying. I understand that they're the first, right? Got it. And you think, sometimes think the first is the best, but we know that that's not the truth, because look at AKA. So, <laughs> it, I'm sorry, it was an easy joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> i had to do it sorry to the K's. the shit was too easy okay so <laughs> sure get back on the screen <laughs> look at look at elle you know she's so diplomatic <laughs> fell all the way out i just want the listeners to know so listen okay back to my <laughs> back to my point you know i understand they data first i get that I do think that people view them as a pinnacle because people fight to get into there. And if somebody doesn't want you there, why the fuck do you want to be there? And I know there's probably always this part of you that wants and desires to be accepted. But I really do wish that we can get to this point where we don't have to feel accepted. And so when we make mistakes, it's not the weight of the world on our shoulders. I kind of talked about it at the beginning with Will Smith messing up and you know, the Black community saying, oh, and even me saying, damn, he made us look bad. Damn, I wish it went all on him. Damn, I wish he could make a mistake. I mean, it, it's multi-layer and I feel mm-hmm. like this might need to be a two-part conversation <laughs> because I... I saw like so much stuff about well, Jada should have stopped him from going up there, or this mm-hmm. is all about protecting black women and this is about the disrespect of black women. And people are like taking this in whole different directions. Correct that it don't even need to go. But I will say I do agree with you. I will say I'm just not sure how do we get there because I do feel like we do need to recognize like the movies that are being made in. Nigeria and you know like Africa is really starting to pop as far as like content coming out of of yeah you know what I'm saying so we need to recognize all that I feel like BET is not the avenue because BET is no longer black owned so that's out of the window but (laughs) these are real conversations that need to be had I just don't know how how do we get there I think it does start from the conversation I think it's How do we do if we we approach this from a business standpoint, we're going to sit and think and we're going to have think tanks and we're going to get committees up together to go and work on little things and just learn and understand what the landscape is. I think a lot of this and we might not see it in our lifetime. Let me just say that, too. Right. We may not necessarily see it in our lifetime, but we gonna see progress. And when we see these little hints of, you know, even think about the, the kids that are now looking at HBCUs who are top athletes. That wasn't always happening. So I think we're starting to see some glimpses of us taking back our control. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to take a long time and it can't be nothing that we expect to happen overnight. But I say at first, let's just start thinking about us as the global majority and us having a mindset of being the original. And it's not to say that nobody is worse. That is never my thought process. I know I probably talk in a way that Makes people think that if they're not black, I wouldn't like them. That is absolutely not true. I just want us to have this, have a pride about ourselves and know who we are and be able to, you know, really depend on each other instead of looking in this outside world, especially in the United States. So that's kind of where I think it starts at personally. I think it starts with us realizing who we are and the control that we have. Well, I think we do. And if no, we, we don't. If don't we're getting but I think we're getting there though. Okay, well let's say that cuz that yeah, no no. Well, I think we're getting there and I think one you're hopeful. I'm not. <laughs> Well, I think one person in particular who was trying to get us there is our person for dope gifted in black, which is Tammy Williams. Mm. And Tammy Williams. What's that, man? Sorry. You are so silly. So <laughs> Tammy Williams is an award-winning producer and CEO And she is bringing her production studio to Atlanta, Georgia. So she will be the first Black woman to own a production studio in the state of Georgia. So kudos to her. And for 12 years, she and her business partner, Gary Guidry, who was the CEO of G-Square Events, have worked relentlessly to make a 60-acre studio a reality. They co founded Cinema South Studios, which is a one stop shop for movie studios, filmmakers, and production companies. We have been patient, Williams told the Atlanta Journal Constitution in February of 2022, sharing how long of a journey it's been to arrive at the groundbreaking moments of her $135 million production studio. This has not been an overnight thing, this has been a vision for us. So, the studio has 11 sound stages, a back lot, lighting and grip rental house, props and wardrobe. The production facility will have a transportation company as well as an office building for post production and a theater. And they plan to have two of the 11 sound stages operating by 2023. So, kudos to Tammy. I just hope that that's an example of how do we leverage that because, you know, and anytime these studios come, into a town that makes money for that town so georgia is with the bullshit with the voting rights how tammy can you leverage the amount of money that you are bringing in that city to make them do certain things on with the laws that's all i'm gonna say well thank you kb for always being our political commentator <laughs> It may have been a little bit. <laughs> I'll kick your ass. Shut up. That's <laughs> my lips. you <Y'all laughs> my ass. Right. Will already in trouble. They gonna take his shit. They talking about taking his shit. You sit down. They better not take his shit, man. That part. Oh. So I'm glad. I know y'all are glad to have me back. I missed y'all too. <laughs> we miss you, baby. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> that was she been waiting on. Oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, you know me and KB B, didn't miss me. Me and KB get in and out. We've been on this whole for almost an hour and a half. <laughs> Whatever. We'll wrap this up. Thank y'all for joining us. This has been another episode of the Feminoir Files. Bye. Don't forget to listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. Connect with us on social media at Fem Noir Files on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fem Noir Files. Bye!